welcome everyone. This is For the Love of Two Hippies and this is Spooky Season Magical Madness. Twinkle lights, twinkle lights, twinkle, twinkle lights. She said she was going to try and be cool before this, but no. Clearly, never. If you've met me or you ask my children, I am not cool. They'll say, "She's so cool." No. Um yeah, so hope you enjoyed last episode. We did mystical and magical creatures for the first episode of our magic or mad mad magical madness. I said I wasn't gonna stutter and I just did. <laughs> Whatever. Anyway. I'm Sarah and um I'm the mystic and I got Katie here with me and she is the yogi. So if you're new to our podcast this is a little bit different episodes than what we normally do we talk about spiritual enlightenment we talk about the metaphysical we talk about um, stages of spiritual awakenings journeys healing all the things so we wanted to do i love spooky season so i wanted to do a little bit of that and then when we roll into the new year we'll get back into or i guess not the new year the end of october but yeah, yeah we're excited to have you and thank you and We've gotten some really awesome, after the first episode released, we've gotten a bunch of um, listener emails. So we were really excited about that. So hopefully we'll get even more once we kind of send you another version of what we are going to talk about this month. Mm -hmm. We're still accepting listener like spooky stories or um, Bigfoot sightings. Um, (laughs) What else? Strange. Oh, UFO, yeah. yeah, strange things, UFO sightings, anything like that. And we're still accepting those until probably the last week, probably the Monday of Halloween week. And then we'll read them the week of Halloween. So mm-hmm. we want our spookiest ones to be the week of Halloween. But do you want to talk about the one listener question we got? The listener or question? Answer. 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 Okay. So the other day we kind of asked... Um, well, we were talking about the different, fairies. yeah, we were talking about fairies yeah. um, and we were kind of talking about the different things that maybe people have seen. I don't think Bigfoot was in that list, but we talked about um, different cryptid type of creatures. creatures. Yeah. Um, so fairies was one of them. Werewolves was one of them. Um, gr- I was going to say Ooh. Groku, but I don't think that's right. I think that's like a Pokemon character. <laughs> Uh, Gorgons, Rougarou, Rougarou. That's what I was trying to yeah. think of. I was going to say Gougarou. Not, I was like, that's not right. Not Groku. And if that's not a Pokemon, I'm sorry for all the Pokemon people, but I'm pretty sure that it is because my son likes Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, I have no clue about Pokemon. <laughs> yeah. So we got a really awesome email, and here's the deal: like, I get so filled up, like my heart just, like you know, like the Grinch, how his heart explodes not explodes at the end, but it like grows times three or whatever. I literally feel that way when we get these messages. So we had a message from one of our awesome listeners about, she was sharing with us uh, how her divine team communicates with her. And I just so, so, so love number one, the uniqueness of our listeners, how vulnerable, how, how just how how much you all share and just know that when we get on here and we talk about all of these things and we get your feedback and we get those kind of emails we just we do a little dance party but it's not like a fake dance party it's a real dance party (laughs) 
even though our fa- our dance moves are so legit, they look fake and choreographed. <laughs> they are not. <laughs> That's just us. Yeah. Just us. We're super cool people. Uh, but yeah, we were so. super excited. I was like, oh my gosh, someone actually listened and responded. <laughs> honestly how it felt I was like holy crap that was so cool yeah and okay so just as a reminder uh with you know Facebook going down and Instagram going down it went down again but only for like a little bit it wasn't for near as long but I missed it yeah uh so when those kind of things happen and if they happen in the future we want a way to communicate with you all we've already gotten multiple emails from people saying they want to be added to like a newsletter list if and when when we develop that so just as a friendly reminder if you want to be added to that list send us an email um for the love of two hippies the number two at gmail.com and we'll add you to the list um we will not spam you that's not the point but it's just a way that we can if in the future and when in the future we have um retreats or getaways or we all just kind of want to meet or send information that way so Again, for the love of two hippies at gmail.com. Yeah. And if we get like our first hundred people could be like our founders or something cool like oh, that. Oh, that I would like be pretty that. cool. I like yeah. That. So then when we're like millions of people, then we'll be like, yeah, well, these first hundred were like so cool to us. And they right. loved us from the beginning. Yeah. And for <laughs> our really awesome um, supporters of the podcast, we have a little um, like a holiday thing that we're going to do. So, um, thank you to those that continue to support the podcast, either by sharing or liking, or just even the, like we're we're referring to the monetary people when we're referring to like the Christmas and holiday stuff, but, uh, (laughs) we love everybody. We're sending out 2000 packages. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) But anyway, um, today we're talking about spooky places. Yeah, or mystical, right. places. mystical places. I said I titled this part one because I found like millions of them. Right. And I was getting excited, but I wanted to just do five for now. And then next week we can do a part two and kind of get a little bit more weird because I didn't get to do the hollow earth one yet because it was too detailed. So yeah. we'll do that next week. And then the following week we'll do spooky stories. So we're super excited. Yeah. So we're going to jump right in here. So our first place we're going to talk about is in Transylvania. So forget Count Dracula's castle. Transylvania's really frightful place is the haunted forest Hoyabachu. So um, again, located in Transylvania. Started its lore and mystery when a shepherd and 200 of his sheep were traveling through the forest and they disappeared without a trace. So the shepherd and his sheep were never seen or heard from again. And to our knowledge... Yeah, that I wrote this part. Not even remains were found. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I couldn't find that they were found, so I added that in. Yeah. So then also a five year old girl. This is this is very kind of sad. No, no, wait. It gets better. (laughs) She wandered off into the forest and disappeared without a trace. Five years later, she reappeared out of the forest in the same clothes she was wearing on the day that she disappeared and she was in a complete state of confusion had no recollection of where she had been and or what had happened while she was gone the five years so i didn't want to go like full psycho mode on this and hunt down i was the first question i was like 
Well, was she bigger? <laughs> I was like, no, she that's what I wanted to know. I was like, were her clothes like really teeny tiny? Because yeah, five to was, ten. Yeah. So I'm like, did she stay the same age? Was she five? Was she ten? <laughs> and then I was like, okay, focus, Sarah. This is about maybe we can find more information on that little girl. Maybe it's a fake story. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so many believe that the Hoya Bachu forest contains some kind of portal to another dimension. Uh, explaining the disappearances of so many and earning it the nickname of the Bermuda Triangle of Romania. So another odd thing that happens in this forest is the vegetation growth. It has large trees growing sideways and in a spiral. And if you, there's a large circle of land within that same forest that has no tree growth at all. And it's just a bare circle that they call the dead zone. Um so Sarah says it looks like the perfect spaceship landing. <laughs> so when the like a big when the UFO came down, it like burned off yeah. everything. Yep. <laughs> I'm pretty sure later in the article they were also talking about how they do um, testing on the soil mm-hmm. to see if there's like other microbes or why it's not growing, but they can't really figure out why it's not growing. But it was pretty interesting. And I do love that about a lot of these things that we're going to talk about. Science cannot explain it. Yeah, because you love science. I do love science. I'm a science person. So the fact that science cannot explain this, and there's lots of things that science can't explain. Let's just, but the fact that science cannot explain these things is fascinating. Fascinating. Okay, so the next one is the, oh my gosh, we forgot to look up how to say this one. I'm going to say the Nasea. Nasea mine cave in Mexico, um, in North America. So this one's really cool. If you're an, if you follow any like crystal pages on Instagram, you've probably seen these photos. Cause I had, I just didn't know they were real and I didn't know where they were, but it's this for, it's this cave. So can you called, imagine the energy coming out of that cave? I know. That's why I was like, Whoa, I can't even <laughs> hook me up. Let's go. Hook me up. Let's go. <laughs> Um, okay. So imagine a crystal so big, a whole family and a few relatives could sit on it or a few tiny dozen slivers of crystals being born out of a, out of a pain cave resembling a fine toothbrush hair or toothbrush hair comb, hair, (laughs) hair brush. (laughs) We'll get there. I was like, what's a toothbrush hair comb? Okay. (laughs) That's this crystal cave. So this one's called, um, the specific one that, like the newest one they found, they called the Cave of Knives. But the original one we'll talk about is the cave, they call it the Cave of Swords. Hmm. Um, these caves were discovered um, a mere decade ago, which is really interesting. Only it was on accident. In 2002, miners were working for the Mexico Mining Company and excavated a new tunnel of that. Yeah, excavated a new tunnel. <laughs> Only to have Crystal Cave revealed its ominous beauty. Some scientists have named it also the Sistine Chapel of Crystals, with monumental crystals forming, reaching 15 meters in length and weighing 50 tons. The largest one found, like the largest on Earth. The breathtaking crystals exist in a pocket 350 meters inside the steep mountain of Nasea. The largest previous known crystal, oh yeah, crystals came from a sister cave nearby, which is the Cave of Swords. Uh, it's part of the same mining system though. So continuing on down this cave or other avenues and tunnels, I'm sure there's even more of these like, oh, yeah. large, massive pockets of stones mm-hmm. and crystals. Um, it's a still 
an uh, like a current operating mine, which is kind of interesting. And then it's really close to how do you say that? I think it's Chihuahua. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, my pretend dyslexia is making that first H look like an L. So I couldn't <laughs> read it. I was like, I'm not sure what's going on. Um, okay. They've become prominent findings in the history of geology and the huge gypsum crystal cave, which another word for gypsum is selenite, which is, you've probably heard of that, which mm -hmm. I feel dumb that I didn't know that. But. I got some right here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I got that. them all around the house, actually, like under everybody's <laughs> bed is gridding the house. You know, that's why I'm like the energy from that yeah. cave has to be just astronomical because they are literally yeah bigger than the house mm -hmm. bigger than my house <laughs> they're bigger than my house <laughs> you could put your house and my house together and it'd still be bigger than that exactly um so they've been growing for tens of thousands of years and they only recently discovered that like what's inside of them by taking 60 samples of multiple of minute fluid from minute fluid fluid pockets inside the crystals they've tried for four years to identify the bacteria the viruses inside the archaea the of these crystals and the national cave and karst research institute in new mexico um, has said nothing we've found is known to science so that's See what wild. i'm saying yeah that is so <laughs> wild to me that's insane <clears throat> but i like it yeah, it's pretty cool. So, all right, this one's a big one. Mm -hmm. And clearly by how my reading is going, it's going to be rough. So <laughs> just bear with me. Um, this is about Mount Shasta. So um, I knew a when we went to Sedona, there was a yoga. She was a yoga instructor, tour guide. Um, she also does. She marries people down there. Her, if you ever go to Sedona, look her up. Her um, company is called Back to Earth Sedona, and she's amazing. And she was telling me this story about how she went up to Mount Shasta one time and she saw a massive UFO structure. So that was the first time I'd ever heard of Mount Shasta. And I didn't know it was a big deal until I also got into Lemurians. And they say that Mount Shasta is a portal into the world of Lemurians where they live now. So we're going to talk about kind of a little bit of all of that. But and it's in California, right? Yes. Okay. Thank you for that. Okay. So ancient spiritual connection is believed to link all energetic, energetic, powerful sites together, which includes Mount Shasta, Leeson Park, Lava Beds, Medicine Lake Highlands, and Crater Lake. So when I saw those, I was like, oh no, I need to look all those up now. So I, that's why I put that in there so I could remember them. Um, evidence of human occupation in Mount Shasta has been tracked back to 11,000 years ago, but in recent anthropology, anthropological discoveries suggest it could be closer to 14,000 years instead. Mount Shasta's enormous antiquity and mythic relevance <laughs> can be placed at par with similar sacred sites um, as the Egyptian pyramids, Stonehenge, Maya pyramids, and Machu Picchu. So it's all kind of the same mystical energy. Mm -hmm. The tree line in the mountain remains an extreme point in which humans can visit. Beyond this line, the region is held to be too powerful for the human soul. 
and inhabit or further travel. According to, Levin, to legends, the area is inhibited by dangerous spirits who tap into, who take up life and people who travel the mountains unprepared. These sacred sites have been known as ancient spots and people commonly experience remarkable un otherworldly dimensional phenomenon which are beyond comprehension. Yeah. That's wild. So, I guess what who, where what is Lumeria? So Lumerians are an a separate so there's the Atlanteans and the Lumerians. So Atlanteans mm. are more technological, it's more of the masculine energy and then Lumeria is more of the feminine mystical healing um, aspect and they were in ancient times potentially extraterrestrial and people say that they're not actually gone they're just inside the earth so that's also what Agartha is about so they think that they move down into the earth and they live inside the earth um, and that's where they live but also people think that they could have um, just went back out into space or the place they came from hmm. Interesting. Uh, in like extraterrestrial trains, mm -hmm. trains. I don't know what word I was trying to say there, but <laughs> um, and that's just like minute information that I'm remembering about Lemurians, but um, they're just like Atlanteans with crystal energy, healing waters, all of that stuff. So that's why they think that Mount Shasta is so special because they put portals out, which it kind of talks about it in this one. Um, hmm. But yeah, I don't know. You're better at reading, so you should actually do this story. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I guess there's storytelling. these huge tales of people entering this wondrous bejeweled Lumerian city. Um, this so this Doctor Doriel claimed that he had penetrated into the. That's a weird word to use there. I'm just gonna say it, but okay. Anyway, uh, he penetrated into the mountain lair of the Lumerians and saw what he described as an enormous cavern that was an abounding twenty miles long, fifteen miles wide, and two miles high, illuminated by a gigantic blazing artificial sun in the center. <laughs> so then there's another account which mentions a man who fell asleep on the mountain only to be awakened by a Lumerian who then brought him into a magnificent city paved with gold uh, one of the strangest stories is of an underground city within Mount Shasta that came from a 1904 account which first appeared in the 1934 edition of the Stockton Record concerning J.C. Brown which who was a British prospector um, who had come into the mountain with looking for gold, pretty much looking with this mining company. Yeah. So during the expedition, Brown stumbled across the tunnel and the hillside, which led down into the darkness below the mountain. The pros the prospect, I almost said the prosecutor, the prospector decided Just to say prostitute. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the prospector decided to venture into the opening. What? Like, you know, like all the white people in movies that go towards the noise. <laughs> You're like, why? What's, <laughs> I'm not yeah, going down the hole. If you're looking for gold and you want to find, like, what if you walked down that hole and then you found, like, a car-sized nugget of gold? Like, you would lose your mind. You would be like, worth it. <laughs> worth it. <laughs> yeah, but I am not that white person. 
I'm not going towards scary. I'm going the opposite direction. If I had a light, I would maybe go, but probably not. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so he went into this opening and found that it went on for several miles, ended in complex rooms full of ornate statues, crystals, shields, and gold and copper plates. There's statues down there? Yeah. Are there pictures? That's like where they live. Uh, There's just like paintings. So this... Just keep reading. Okay, so there was also an enigmatic and extravagantly decorated burial chamber containing at least 27 mummies that were described as being between 6 foot 6 to 10 feet in height, most of which were wrapped in some sort of ornamental robe. It was... This discovery was touted by Brown as being one of the most exciting archaeological finds of the century, and eventually an expedition led by John C. Root and comprised of 80 members was brought together to further explore the tunnel based on these claims. And then on June 19th, 1934, the day the exploration was set out from Stockton, California, Brown did not show up, and in fact, he was never seen again. Um... Sounds like the government was involved. I'm just or, <laughs> or this is the first time I actually think he was lying. Like I'm usually never like, no, 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 because it says it was highly suspicious, suspicious because he initially said he found these in 1904, but yet it was not made public until 1934. Yeah. So they're saying what happened during all the decades. Right. Did he just go down there and like start stealing stuff? Well, I don't know if it was that or he just made it up. Yeah. And then because there was no real proof. Um, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I was just kind of disappointed when I got to that point. But I was like, I feel like it's important because you're making all these claims. And then when you finally get this expedition ready now, you don't show up or maybe. Yeah. Like maybe the Lumerians were like, no, we don't want you to. You have to pick. You can either live here with us or you can bring these people down and we're going to kill them all. No, I'm just kidding. But I said that because of the next, the next section. I mean, but how many conspiracy theories are out there that, you know, talk about how there's all of this stuff that the government doesn't want us to know about. And so people have disappeared. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not saying that's the case here. I am a little bit of a conspiracy theorist, although not, not totally. Not as much as me. Yeah. I probably was more like two years ago and then stuff quit happening. And I was like, that's not like none of this came true. Like, why? Why did I put so much time and energy into this when none of it? Why? Why? (laughs) Um, Okay. So although the Lumerians of Mount Shasta are generally known to be benevolent and nonviolent, the same cannot be said of the truly outlandish tale of what were known as the Daros, short for degenerate robots. Yep, this is kind of funny. (laughs) Which were said to be Lumerian robots, which had gone insane and become malevolent machines bent on murder, mayhem, and destruction. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) This was popularized in the 1940s by a Richard Shaver, who believed them to be the source of all of mankind's woes. So, like, if y'all are having a hard time, it's the robots. Just FYI. As Titus and Child came back with an extremely weird story to tell. 
So according to the kiddo, he had been abducted by an evil robot that had looked and sounded just like his grandmother and taken to a huge underground cave populated by other human-looking robots, as well as giant spiders, because, well, why not? (laughs) The real grandmother later claimed to have woken up face down on the ground feeling violently ill and with a small puncture wound on the back of her neck presumably so that the robot could steal the genetic information it needed to duplicate her. <laughs> I'm going to need some scientific proof here. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. Uh, Bigfoot have been regularly sighted all over the mountain for years, but one odd twist to many of these accounts that makes them a little different from the norm and really turn up the weird factor, because we don't have enough of that right now, is the amount of them that mention a decidedly eerie paranormal angle. Mount Shasta Bigfoot have been variously described as materializing out of thin air and vanishing just as suddenly, levitating, passing through solid objects, and even entering and exiting spacecraft, making these reports a little more head-scratching than the more traditional Bigfoot sightings, which seem to typically describe flesh and blood animals. Are these phantoms, ghosts, interdimensional travelers, aliens, or just figments of your imagination? It's hard to say. But there are certainly a lot of people who claim to have seen them in Mount Shasta. Yeah, so a lot of people think that these areas are portals, and that's why sometimes more Bigfoot are seen here. And some people believe that Bigfoot are aliens or a type of extraterrestrial being. And that's why sometimes they can avoid detection. They can, some people think that they have like a cloaking mechanism so that they're actually out there and they can be seen Mm -hmm. but the energy from these portals allows them to kind of access other realms a little bit differently so interesting yeah okay the next one is sedona it's uh well known it's well known for its puzzling energy forces over the years sedona has been a hot spot for anyone interested in the paranormal or investigating of strange energies Um, Four million people have traveled every year to Sedona experiencing and to learn more about these unknown forces. According to local folklore, there are tunnels leading from Sedona to another space-time dimension. So the portals are vortexes. Mm -hmm. It's said that once star people, so I don't know if that's like star seed or if that's another word for Lemurians or I don't know really what star people mean. Yeah. Um, We're present in Sedona, a place where special energy frequencies are present. Many think that Sedona is an intradimensional portal and Sedona's, or what are Sedona's mystifying vortexes? Um, So we talked about this on another podcast. um, And we've talked about the chakras as well. So I love this about Sedona. It's the whole, like, I want to go back there without my kids just so I can do this is go that so you were talking about these energy vortexes and in Sedona they have these I I think it's like several different areas that are specifically intertwined with the specific chakras yeah so they have all seven of them are landmarks throughout the Mm -hmm. and we went when that same lady back to earth Sedona um she I, we were so upset that we did this on our last day because we didn't realize that there was these chakras on the land. Mm-hmm. And so she explained it to us and we were like, oh my gosh, we would have done that. Right. And like gone to all seven of them um, in order, I guess you could say. 
but she was describing them and she was like, yeah, this is, you start here. And she, I wish I would have recorded it because it's so beautiful how she described it. But it was like, this is a great mother. She's the head or the crown or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then it goes down and, and everything. And I'm sure we could find it and we could do maybe even just an episode on that sometime. Just yeah. to Or you can about- get back in contact with her and we can interview her. Oh yeah, that'd be fun. That'd be cool. Man, she's so I, she's so kooky. I love her so much. She was like, <laughs> "Oh, there's my cat!" Like we were on the phone with her, and she was like, "Oh, that's my cat jumping on me." And we were, like, <laughs> and we were both like, "I don't care how much this lady costs. We love this lady, and right?" We're gonna go and be with her. Um, but yeah, so there's the chakras, and then Sedona as a whole is just a vortex, but there's also four main vortexes around there that you can go that are a little bit more specific. Mm-hmm. Um, but there, a vortex is described as a whirling mass of energy that affect people who come in quarter uh, within a quarter mile of them. The energy inside a vortex is similar to that inside every human being. And when these two energies meet, they create a resonance described by people as a faint vibration or some people feel um, strange or they feel tranquil or even rejuvenated. Mm-hmm. So I know you definitely felt the vibrational energy. I didn't necessarily feel, feel the vibrational energy, but I was like, I felt fearless there. Like I climbed all these mountains. I did all these things. And usually I'm scared of heights. And I was like, no, I'm not scared of this. I'm going to just go. Mm-hmm. So that was weird for me. Like it felt like my energy personality changed mm-hmm. that that's the experience that I had but well and I think everything is amplified and I'm sure there are a thousand other places all around the world that, are that like have this. the same amplification and I think that the reason that this why I'm so fascinated by the chakra part of it, it because the if you don't know your chakras are energy centers of the body so you have seven total and when you go to these places where the vibrational energy is so much higher, the clearing and the balancing of these chakras happens in a more magnified way. Yeah. Um, so that's why I'm so fascinated by this. Yeah. I love Sedona. Okay. I'll live there part time someday. All right. And then I will last live there one. full time. <laughs> okay that's fine in an rv um, that's my plan. in an rv mm-hmm. yeah i don't know if i could do the rv thing but um okay so this one's we we live in missouri mm-hmm. okay and there is a town very south mm-hmm. west and it's called joplin missouri so there's a mystical light it's called a spook light it's technically in the tippy top of Oklahoma. I think it's called Hornet, Oklahoma, or Hermit or something. I probably should have written that down, but I didn't. Um, but it's really, really north of Oklahoma, north in Oklahoma, and really close to Joplin. So, so like, you can see it in both places. Basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Exactly. <clears throat> Thank you. <laughs> okay, so just south of Route 66 in Joplin, Missouri, there's a paranormal light that has been occurring since the nineteen since 1981. 1881. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> when you guys, when I would have said it's been occurring for over 100 years, you'd have been like, mm, you're like, no, quite. no, no, Don't I'm not that I'm... old. Thank you very much. <laughs> oh, man. 
we were born in 1881 and doing a podcast, I think we would have a lot of followers. Yeah, we would. <laughs> it would be called the Ghost Podcast because we would be ghosts. Okay. Right. But um, everybody's okay. going to the Sedona to get the magic from there if I'm 100 years old. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. Okay. 1881. Mm-hmm. Ozark lore has been called the spook light among many other names. No one has been able to figure out what the light is actually, what is the light and where it's actually coming from. Bobbing and bouncing northwest of Oklahoma is the Hornet spook light. So that's another name. It's also the Tri, what was the picture I sent you? The Tri City spook light. Yeah. Look, look that up while fast. I read the rest of this, which is described as an orange ball of light or orb that travels east to west along a four mile gravel road. It's um, size is anywhere described between a baseball or a basketball and the road. This is also really cool. The road, the locals call the devil's promenade. Hmm. Right. It was first ever seen by the Indians or indigenous people that were on the trail of tears. And that was documented in 1837, but it was made public in the first newspaper in 1881. People say it varies between size, like a baseball to a basketball, like I said, and dances and and glows down the road, moving and soaring over the treetops until down the road until it disappears. Others say that it moves from side to side and slower and lower Almost the appearance of um, human is carrying the lantern down the street, but there's never any people to be seen. It's been seen for over 100 years and usually appears between 10 p.m. and midnight. But I said the light must be shy because it doesn't like large groups, large sounds. So they've had a group of engineers, army engineers who studied the light um, for multiple years and they can never conclude an official answer of what the light is and where it's coming from and why it shows up. Huh. Bizarre. So it's called the spook light. If you're from here, you've probably heard the spook light before. Um, I was on a trip this weekend and we were talking about spooky things. Of, of I was in the Ozarks. So of course I was talking about um, Bigfoot And we were talking about other legends and my aunt was like, oh, what about the spook light? And I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. And then she sent me the article. So, yeah, that's all I got for today. So call to action. If you have a mystical, if you're from a small town or you're from whatever town and you have some crazy thing or legend that happens in your town, that'd be really cool. Mm -hmm. If you send it over, explain it. And if you've had any experiences of anything like this or if you've been to any of these places if you've been to mount shasta and you've like i went and i saw nothing like i'd be like cool that's great tell me anyway (laughs) um or if you went to sedona what did you do there what did you experience how did you feel my friend kind of had the opposite reaction that i went with she's usually very adventurous and and like very like go 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 fearless and she we were opposites it was wild she was scared to climb up anything But she feels vibration like you do more than me. So I think the vibration was like a little bit too much for her to handle and process while doing all these other. Sure. All these other things. I can feel my voice like cutting in and out. (laughs) You're okay. But yeah, I loved those and I can't wait to do a couple more kind of spooky places with weird legends. And I, those just really interest me. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> a lot of times it interests me, but a lot of times I'm like, I don't want to know. Okay. Cause we camp 
right? So oh, yeah, true. I don't camp. We camp. And so I'm like, when I hear the stories of, you know, people south of Missouri, obviously, uh, where they, you know, have heard things in the woods or, you know, there's like the the folklore of, um, you know, monsters that, that appear to be human or, you know. Oh, yeah. Like- well, like my my science brain is like really but how do we not like we know there's other shit out there <laughs> yeah and the other i mean the one thing that you like like with the bigfoot stuff there's a guy that i follow on youtube and he actually lives in the ozarks right outside the current river and he's an avid bigfoot hunter he sees them all the time they have really weird mysterical things happen mysterical um things happen on their land and so I think there are a lot of places but he's lived there for 30 years and he's never actually seen one he just has all these weird things happen on his property that he can't explain and he's like seen shadows or figures or things that look like large bears and he's like I don't know what else it would be Mm -hmm. and I don't know what else would be doing these things so a lot of the times like they just they they're way more intelligent than us if if you believe in it and this man, he said he could smell it one time and he knew that he was about to see one. Mm -hmm. And he said, I'm not ready to see you. Please don't shut yourself. If you want to slowly let me see you, just go on one of my cameras so I can see you there or, or show me a little one, but I don't want to see you. I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm too scared of you. And I'm out here by myself and I don't want to see it. And he did not And then, so, I mean, you can always just talk to it but he he always says i'm not gonna hurt you blah 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 blah. Mm -hmm. but um yeah they know most of the time they know if you're putting out trails cams to catch them or things like that and so they they kind of avoid everybody so i don't think that's really a i'm more scared of like other humans when i'm camping or like Mm -hmm. squatters or homeless people like hiding in the woods that's what i'm scared of and that's why i won't go camping (laughs) well i mean we have a trail here on our own teeny tiny little town that you know, people have been watched through the trees and no, they know yeah. it's a human, um, yeah. but they have been watched through the trees. Yes. That terrifies me as well because it's like, yeah. yeah. So I know. I mean, if a Bigfoot wants to take me to another realm, I'm cool with that. That's fine. <laughs> Let's go party. I'm ready. I'm ready. As long as I can do my podcast from the other side, I don't really care. <laughs> Let's go party in the giant selenite cave. That's where I want to go. <laughs> yeah, that would be wild. I think, I don't know if you can tour it and stuff. I think it's, since it's a working mine, I don't know if they let people in there. Yeah. I be wish. Cool. Be super cool. That's well, what I want to do. thank you for listening. Mm-hmm. Uh, do the Midwest tan slap that we're done. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, we gotta go. <laughs> then we talk for another 10 minutes before we walk out the door. Uh-huh. Yep. Midwesterns. Uh, okay, so if you enjoyed this episode, actually, don't forget to send us your stuff for the love yeah, exactly. of two hippies at gmail.com. Um, again, share this episode if you liked it. Help support us uh, by liking it, posting about it on social media. Leave us a five-star review if you are on Apple Podcasts. I know I don't think you can on Spotify yet or um, really any of the other ones. I think the only place you can leave reviews is Apple. But if I'm wrong, leave a review elsewhere. Um, you can also support us with a monthly donation which can be found on anchor.fm to catch all the latest from us you can follow us on Instagram at For the Love of Two Hippies you can join our Facebook group For the Love of Two Hippies podcast all the number two and thanks again and until next time
Don't worry, boo boo, boo boo, boo boo. Be magical. <laughs> and hippie. And hippie. <laughs>